We have quietly lost a very good 410 Sprint Car team, and I'll show the details today. Plus, we'll talk Monday rainouts, what we saw from High Limit at East Bay, and more. Let's go. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Uh, Mother Nature not very nice to our racing down in Florida last night. Both Volusia and East Bay got things started, but were not able to finish because of a band of rain that came through the state. High Limit has pushed the rest of their program to today. They'll run the C-Main, Dash, B-Main, and Feature from Monday. Uh, and then once that's complete, they will roll right into Tuesday's program. Hot laps are scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern with racing then to follow. Monday tickets are good for the rescheduled racing today, but after the Monday feature, they will then boot everybody out of the facility and then only Tuesday ticket holders are allowed in. You can see full details on all of that over at HighLimitRacing.com. As for Volusia, we'll get the regular Tuesday program for the USAC Sprint Cars today, plus the makeup for the Monday main event that will happen along with today's regular late model racing. The late model feature from last night was then pushed to Wednesday. So we'll have an even four features for the late model teams coming up along with the first night of the Super Dirt Car Series. Remember, these early late model nights uh, at Volusia are dirt car sanctioned and not for outlaw points. I did see some stuff yesterday about Ruben Morales not being on the mic yesterday for the late models. And that's according to plan. Nothing weird is happening there. It's the same reason you didn't see Johnny Gibson on the mic a few weeks ago for the, the 360 sprint cars at Volusia. Those main series announcers stay with their series, and it's one way that WRG helps illustrate these dirt car nights are different than the outlaw nights that are coming up later this week. Those kind of small details have become really important over the years for these bigger, longer events we see from WRG. Dirt car, uh, dirt car Nationals is actually an interesting illustration of how different the sport is based on the divisions that are racing. If you attended all 12 nights of Dirt Car Nationals, you not only experience different racing, but also very different vibes as the series and the car types kind of come in and out through those two weeks. Uh, if you want more information about the rainout from last night at Volusia, you can uh, find that over at dirtcarnationals.com. You can find all sorts of information about the event over there as well, including their daily schedules. Uh, jumping back to High Limit, what did you guys think of what you saw in the opening night last night, even though we didn't get the show completed? I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on kind of this first attempt with this new group of people running this series. I know they said they were sold out of reserve seats. That's good. And they ended up with a big field, 56 cars. Definitely seems like there are quite a few guys who are racing Monday and Tuesday who will then also stick around for the 360 portion of Winter Nationals at East Bay later this week. I think that's why we have some kind of lesser known names in the field. I did see some comments about that. I was also asked why the Sides 7S hauler is at East Bay. I believe they're running later in the week of the 360 stuff as well. So it's just parked there in the meantime. They are not competing with high limit. I tweeted about this yesterday too, but the uh, the old All-Star Command Center trailer is now rewrapped as the High Limit Command Center trailer. I've been asked previously what exactly High Limit got out of the deal to buy the All-Stars, and then th this trailer was one of those things. Uh, so if you're nostalgic about the All-Stars, uh, at least the trailer lives on uh, in, in sprint car racing. Uh, with Mike Hess at the helm of competition, you wouldn't expect there to be any major issues on the racetrack and th with things like organization. And that was mostly the case last night. Matt Weaver even tweeted about how the driver's meeting felt very outlaws and very procedural, which obviously that makes a lot of sense with Mike Hess. Uh, he certainly led hundreds of those driver meetings over the years. I'm curious, too, if you guys have any thoughts on the seating for last night's qualifying. I know Jeremy Elliott did his 90 at 9 this morning about their seating system. 
If you aren't aware, hot lap and qualifying groups with high limit are set by officials seating the drivers and not by a random pill draw like we see with the outlaws. A group of high limit officials get together and rank the drivers who are pre-entered and then uh, groups are created to put an even amount of guys of all ability levels in each. The aim is to hopefully remove some of the randomness from the night and then even out those groups. Because of that, I was actually a bit surprised that Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson ended up in the same group last night and kind of against each other. I'm sort of indifferent, though, on this part of the high limit format. I feel like regardless of how the groups are constructed, you still have to go out and be fast and the cream will uh, rise to the top no matter what. So I I don't know how much of a difference this is going to make in the racing we're going to see on the racetrack. I also wanted to spotlight the Kevin Newton heat race interview. He was absolutely on the chip, and I don't know that he's ever been interviewed in a setting like that before. It certainly felt like he wanted to take advantage of that fact and that maybe it wouldn't happen again for a while, but hat tip to him for uh, transferring into the nice feature through his heat race. When we do get rolling uh, again tonight, Tanner Thorson will lead Kyle Larson to the green in the dash with Brad Sweet, Cole Macedo, Sam Hayfertip, Rico Abreu, Justin Peck, and Anthony Macri all vying for the feature pole. Some guys with work to do tonight uh, that are a little further back include Casey Kane, Chris Windham, Brent Marks, and Aaron Reitzel. They're all trying to grab one of those top four spots in the B for a feature transfer spot. I did want to update you guys, too, on the situation around one of the national touring sprint car teams, and uh, that's uh, Crouch Motorsports. We know that Brenham Crouch is full-time this season with high limit. Coming off of that IRA championship in 2023, Crouch is facing a steep learning curve, though, and significant competition this year as he joins a national series for the first time. A year ago, though, out of that same shop, there were two sprint car teams for Crouch, one for Brenham, and then the second started out with Buddy Kofoid in the seat. But in May of 2023, Kofoid and Crouch split, and Corey Eliason spent the rest of the season in that car. Eliason, though, was then dropped from the 11 before World Finals, and at the time, team owner Leighton Crouch said, quote, I have made the decision to go a different direction with the 11 car in 2024, unquote. He also said they would announce future plans at a later date. Well, that later date seems to kind of have not come at this point, and now it sounds like the 11 team is done for the time being. I took some heat here and there for talking about this team through the offseason with so many rumors floating around about what, you know, what driver could be in that car. And I didn't really understand why I took that heat as this 11 car won with both the Outlaws and the All-Stars last year. And it was capable of being a front runner this year with either of the national tours. So why shouldn't we be talking about a race winning car not having a driver lined up? As the offseason progressed, many drivers were rumored to be in talks with Crouch for the seat, including Donnie Schatz at one point that was all over social media. But with the season now started, that team is nowhere to be found and all of the major drivers who are on the market or could have been are all in rides. I was told recently that the two Crouch-owned teams are now basically just one and that the resources for the 11 have been folded into the car for Brenham. And that includes crew chief Brad Alexander, who led both Kofoid and Eliason to wins a year ago. Uh, Kofoid, if you might remember, won the Outlaw Show at Talladega. Eliason picked up a couple of all-star wins. I'm not sure what went sideways here for the Crouch Motorsports team, because clearly by Layton's own words, they had planned on having the 11 car return for 2024. It's always bummer, though, to lose a seat from the available, you know, kind of pool of sprint car rides, and hopefully they can figure something out for the future. Brennan made three of four features at Volusia against the Outlaws, but has some work to do tonight to make the high limit main event. Uh, he is buried in that B main. All right, that's it for the show today. You've got plenty of options on the big streaming services tonight, so hit up the daily streaming schedule over at dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.